So I have a, a small word this morning. I felt the Lord was um, uh, putting that in my heart when I when we finished last week Sunday, and um, before that I do have a couple of one-liners as a joke to share. Uh, some minds are like concrete, thoroughly mixed up and permanently set. Okay. The good Lord didn't create anything without a purpose, but mus- mosquitoes come close. Um, there are three religious truths every person needs to understand. Jews do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Protestants do not recognize Pope as the leader of the Christian faith. And the Baptists do not recognize each other in the liquor store. <laughs> anyway, so, or a Christian, you can call anyone. Lift up your Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. I pray that you will take control of your son's mouth. And I pray that as I speak, it will be your words touching your kids. And they will be transformed in your image. I pray for that freedom. Lord, I don't want to be in your way. I pray I step away and so that you will lead what you want to do this morning. As you have done so far, we give you that permission in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the last joke I shared was just a joke. If there was any Baptist here, my sincere apologies. I'm not sure. We, we are a multi-denominational, you know, so maybe you can turn that and put it in a Pentecostal or Lutheran or, you know, charismatic, you know, whatever, or just call a Christian, you know, whatever. So this, the statement, it's keep on coming this, this whole week. And I was asking the Lord, what is this? And the title is just a statement, actually. Don't reduce your time with Jesus to routine. And uh, I, I believe routines are good. Everybody have routines. You know, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you arrange yourself. The Bible says in Psalms 139, it says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I believe God is a God of humor. Why he says fearfully and wonderfully? Because you get up in the morning, you see yourself in the mirror, you are fearfully made. And, uh, and then you arrange yourself, then here comes the wonderful part. So now you, you don't show to the church the fearful part of who you are when you got up at 6 or 6.30 in the morning, but you show the wonderful part of it. So there are some routines that is good, routines that makes us feel, you know, we are, we are doing some progress. Routine is not necessarily bad, but we have come to a point where we have kind of do a check, mental checklist like, okay, I'm doing church, so it's my routine. This Monday morning, I'm going to church, and so it's a routine. I'm reading Bible, uh, one chapter or two chapters. I'm praying for five minutes, and I have a list of prayer. All those, by default, it's not necessarily an evil thing, but I believe when we stick to routine, what happens, we just make Christianity a mere religion. And what happens? Religion never thrives. Religion never brings life. Religion only constrains and restricts people from life. And I want to read a passage. It's in the book of Proverbs. And uh, this is a chunk of portion we're going to read, like seven scriptures. And if you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4 or up in the screen, you can look at it. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says like this, My son... Pay attention to my words and be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. Watch over your heart with all diligence. From it 
flows the springs of life this is the one scripture i tell when when the guys are pumped up and they say oh man i i love this girl and i'm so much in love or the girls will say i have feelings butterflies i tell them sometimes butterflies can turn into cockroaches so watch over watch over your heart with all your diligence you know from it flows the springs of life put away from you a deceitful or lying misleading mouth and put devious lips far from you let your eyes look directly ahead toward the path of moral courage and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you toward the path of integrity consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet and all your ways will be steadfast and sure do not turn away to the right not to the left where evil may lurk turn your foot from the path of evil if you read a portion like this it's a bunch of instruction am i right it's a bunch of instruction but the bible is never given just to be instructed the bible's instruction must lead us to the instructor amen it should never stay with instruction when it stays just with instruction what it becomes it just becomes a religious book and my prayer that that god will lead you as you read scriptures will lead you from instructions to the one who instructs you my prayer is that because i took the bible i grew up uh, many of you might not know my testimony i grew up in a christian family but my grandparents were hindu temple priests and they came to know the lord and we could able to get to know jesus and i'm a third generation follower of jesus i'm very blessed but what i came to realize this book is like another religious book so i kind of thought this is a rule book which is partially true but it is not the whole truth so i kind of took this as an instruction and some of the instruction i tell you i didn't like it just like what we read like let your eyes look straight and when i was in my teens you know when i was 11 years old i i shared this testimony when we talked about um, you know sex and everything when i was 11 years old i was addicted somebody introduced me to pornography and i was addicted to porn for 10 years and the lord set me free and i'm 42 now god has helped me to the last two decades to walk in freedom but what i'm trying to say is when you read this it, it looks like man i don't like this because my feeling says i don't want to away from the instruction but i believe every word of god is not meant to just to lead you so that god can make you busy so here on earth so as he building some mansion up there but god's goal is not just to instruct you but his goal is to reveal the instructor himself to you amen so this is what i wrote down here we can read bible in basically three different ways historical way you know we read bible this was say they see okay history teaches this this what happened abraham lived blah 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 yes i remember the egypt story historic way there was a historic jesus he was there he was a good guy he had a moral concepts but then you can also read in an analytical way logical way where you can look at it and says okay we can learn some principles from the logic okay you know what to do when your girlfriend ties you up life from the lessons from the life of samson you know it's like a logical way okay nobody understands my humor but anyway but it's just 
you know logically you can understand but then there is something called relational which comes out of the intimacy the word intimacy into me you see that relational way so instruction must lead to the instructor so through historic we learn concepts and ideas and how people lived but through logic we learn principles that can benefit us but through relational we learn the author of life and eventually his life becomes our life the goal of this bible is never to keep you spiritually fit and look at others and say you're not fit like me the goal of this word is to transform into the image of his son and if you're taking notes write it down the number one goal of god in your life is to transform you in the image of his son there is nothing else god desires and let me tell you this this you may have heard this controversially differently but i'm going to share this it may even shock some of you god's number one goal is not to keep you happy but to make you holy it's never to keep you happy happiness is based on circumstances based on what's happening god you are never that's why god says you're not the citizen of this earth you're a citizen of heaven that means our citizenship is belong somewhere else amen so i want to talk a little bit before i get to detail of the knowing the instructor why this book is so important the bible is the most it's not up in the screen i'm going to share a little bit the bible is the most in most translated most selling most read most published book and the most transformational book in the history of all the books bible is the one and also the most stolen books among all the books is the bible and if you look at matthew chapter 24 verse 35 it says heaven and earth may pass away the my words will not never pass away even in first peter 1 24 and 25 says the word of god stands forever man is like a grass but the word of god stands forever and the, one of the first printing was king james version i don't know whether you know about king james probably nobody reads king james these days if you do read king james probably you need a dictionary next to it because you have no clue what the heck you just read so i was told the first bible my parents gave me was a king james bible so i went with that king james bible to uh, dt to do dts and uh, when i went to do a dts i was reading king james bible that's how i learned english that's how i was taught so the and thou so but the king james bible is a very uh, it's got a huge history but i i just thought of thinking about this king james bible has a humongous influence on the language that we use today in english for example and they have this is by a secular media bbc have taken 257 phrases we still use in english from the influence of king james i'm not going to go through all the 257 which would be very tiring but i thought of sharing few 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 words that you still even though you you use english speaking person you are not a follower of jesus but this is ingrained in that culture in that language for example the root of the matter have you heard that statement the root of the matter it's from job 1928 okay a still small voice they call it gut feeling where is that from first kings 1912 a thorn in the flesh they take that flesh and say something else now <laughs> okay second corinthians 27 okay There's a few more i'll tell you okay turn the world upside down acts 176 beat their swords into plowshares isaiah 24 
be horribly afraid jeremiah 2:12 apple of his eye deuteronomy 32:10 the skin of my teeth job 19:12:20 heart's desire psalms 21:2 broken heart psalms 34:18 two edged sword proverbs 5:4 eat drink and be merry exodus 8:15 drop of a bucket the list goes on you know and uh, what i what i what's my point the point is this this book has a tremendous influence mao zedong the premier of china in 1968 made a public declaration he said china will forsake christianity christianity will be wiped out 40 years from 1968 mao zedong gone 2008 the statistic according to the open doors the fastest growing church is in china Have you heard the guy named Voltaire, a French writer, Voltaire? He was vehemently against Christians. He he kind of liked. He was a vegetarianism. He liked the Hindus and all those things. But he was. He said this. This is a hilarious thing. He said, "From hundred years from now on, Bible will be wiped out from the face of earth." Do you know what happened? The Geneva Bible Society bought his house and sold Bible for many years. it's interesting so we can say you know the thing is we can we can use this bible as a hammer book to hammer people and say hey man you have never dressed this your hair is too short or your t-shirt is too long or you can we can use this to hammer people or we can use this book to get to know the author so this is the thing it's maybe up in the screen is can you see if there is anything there okay so this is what i wrote down the commandments of god so this what we read this portion in the first it's the instruction the commandments of god the commandments of god leads us with to the covenant with the lord right when you read god says if you keep looking at it if you do every promise as god a condition so god says if you keep doing this i will bless you it's a covenant which is a beautiful thing you know i say to isaac i said if you finish your lunch you ha- can have a lollipop so because of the joy that was set before him what was the joy that was set before him lollipop he endured the cross what was the cross vegetables you get my point so so it's good it promises covenant commandments can lead us to the covenant but what is the covenant covenant leads us to encounter with jesus and what happens the encountering with jesus ultimately brings transformation if we don't find a transformation when we read the book what we have done is we have just did a routine and this may be shocking for you an encounter with jesus is not an event it should be a lifestyle it's not something that you do it on sundays i have said this before i'm going to say it again for those who have heard this bear with me we have this dichotomic world view where we think god is at work on sundays devil is at work on weekends friday and saturday and men is at work on monday to friday we have this dichotomic world view and that world view has produced such a thing called sacred and secular we have come to a point like monday is and not a holy day sunday if you are a christian move your butt to church just sit there physically present put your silence on the phone and check something at the back seat you know 
which I was doing when I was just a follower of Jesus, but, but not necessarily fully walking in the fullness of God's original design. So, ultimately, commandments are not merely to keep us busy here on earth. Rather, it's an invitation from the Father to encounter and be transformed. So, the Bible actually leads us to a covenant, reveals the covenant, and the covenant reveals the covenant giver, and the covenant giver transforms us. And my challenge for you is, are you allowing yourself to be transformed or just informed so that you can you know better you have some scriptures in mind what, is, what where are you right now so you don't need to tell me but this is just a self-examining question you know only his life transforms us and uh, there are this i think uh, many of you might know a w tozer i don't know whether you guys heard about his name and this guy he lived before this modern technology and all. He lived during the industrial revolution and, and, and this time he wrote this thing, knowing God is two things, easy and also difficult. And, and he said easy because it's everywhere. He's everywhere. You can know his love. His love is everywhere. Difficult because we have not yielded ourselves to surrender ourselves to his will. Hello? You can reduce this morning what we share today, you can reduce this morning to a sermon and say, yeah, it was a good word. I enjoyed it. And you can put this in, a, in one of your notes and you just move on. Or you can say, God, I want to encounter you. I want to be transformed. I want to go a little deeper. You know, the, the levels of intimacy is ask, seek, and knock. You know, and they just keep, ask, keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Why? Because just mere instruction is never going to transform. That's why to a non-believer, you take the word and you say, the Bible says you should do it. He has no clue. Why? He's like, he doesn't even believe the Bible. By using the Bible against his lifestyle, it's not going to change. What's going to change is to introduce him or her to the author of the word. Amen? Alright, so this is what I want to share. A little story of my uh, recent trip. I had a privilege of ministering in Europe and during the December and I came back and my kids love this something called the, how do you call the Christmas Santa? Christmas Santa calendar. I mean they open every day one little box and then on the 25th they open the thing and uh, so they were eagerly, they gave me the list what should I buy and all those things and like, um, by God's grace I could able to buy a couple of those big big stuff and came back and my flight got delayed. I flew a fly in Air India. Sometimes they have their own time. So I arrived very late, maybe around 2 o'clock in the morning and they are past bedtime, but they are waiting there. 2 o'clock, I arrived 2 o'clock in the morning. They were wide awake as if it is just like middle of the day and they are so awake, they were eager and they gave me a hug and the first thing Isaac said, Christmas calendar daddy? And it was good. Gave me a hug. And I, I said to him, jokingly, I said to him, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I mean, you must see the face. He was like thinking he was the worst daddy in the world. You know. And, but then he was, he was happy that I brought that. He was opening up. Then he comes and give me a hug. You're the best daddy in the world. And they are opening this little, little box because it was a few days later, the Christmas calendar. So they have to open a few days and eating two o'clock chocolate. You know, all those things. I mean, think about it talking about dysfunctional family, you know, anyway. So, but <laughs> we were doing all those things, but suddenly something settled very weird because my wife said, guys, daddy came from a long trip. You are so focused on your chocolate. 
but you're not focused on daddy come give daddy a hug and that kind of set my heart i was thinking yes it's true how many times we go to god god say god i need this breakthrough i need this thing i want this i know you are a miracle worker i know you are a way maker i know you are a promise giver i know this we sing the song declare but god is like that's all true that's all the things of god but i just want to hang out with me i just want you to hang out with me how many times we have missed that opportunity of hanging out with him for the sake of hanging out but just going there with an agenda and i we are guilty of all of this this is not a condemnation message but i just want to encourage you like do you really desire god or the things of god things of god is not going to satisfy us it can bring us temporary deliverance but god alone can satisfy us and that's what aw tozer says knowing god is easy because he is good is kind is loving is compassionate is merciful is forgiving is he doesn't condemn he, you know he, he judges of course is judge you know his grace grace is not ignored to license to sin grace gives us the power to obey of course these are true but things of god will never fill the vacuum that you have only god alone can fill that involves us to live a surrendered life so i wrote down here few checklist i know we are running out of time i wrote down here few checklist um maybe it will be there okay knowing god yeah it's there knowing god is easy you can be a pastor and still not know god we can know the doctrine but we don't know the person you know we can know the creed but no not know his presence we can sing songs and even preach but still not at encounter but knowing god is difficult why because it involves surrender what is surrender surrender excuse me surrender basically means i choose your way on my way i choose to do your work in my work and it's it's you know we have this mentality like you know i grew up in a, in a, in, a, in a church setting where you know if it is god's will it will work out have you heard that statement if it is god's will it will work out Uh, that means you keep doing it if it is god's will work out so i i was like i i i was when i was teen age i i liked one hindu girl so i said if it is god's will it will work out and she used to send me love letters and one of those front page in the hindus have a tendency to write the first one hindu statement you know she would write om shri raghavendra namaga slash jesus never fails <laughs> you know and uh, i would say if it is god's will it will work out it's not going to work out because i choose not my way i am still choosing you know i'm not choosing his way i'm choosing my way i'm just involved i'm tagging him along so that he can bless me so that i won't get into a mess or if i in a mess he will rescue me and many times we do that and and this word i wrote down is four simple questions it's just examine us and then we're going to sing the song we sang again be my everything because this time we're going to really surrender and say god this may be the first step i'm going to make but i want to include you in every area of my life this is the first question to just ask yourself are you god conscious god conscious how do you know if god is on the throne of your hearts because everyone has a throne right only god can sit on the throne you can't even put your ministry or family or the things of god on the throne so god conscious versus what god can do for me conscious one is relational other one is transactional So we go with the list god do me this do me that you know i want this to be happen i want i want i want this breakthrough you know i was 
we were in a season where we were trusting God for a breakthrough. God, breakthrough. Because God put on our hearts to start a school for the kids with special needs. And God, we need a breakthrough. And then one day the Lord said, don't pray for a breakthrough. I am your breakthrough. I am your life. So I started, we started repenting and said, that was happened a couple of years ago, no? last year actually. And we started saying, Jesus, you alone, your life is my, in my life. You are my rest. So we stopped praying, Lord, thank you for your provision. No, no, no. We started praying, God, you are our provision. We used to pray, God, thank you for the healing. Now we say, God, you are our healer. You, in you, there is healing. You are my healing. You are my provision. You are my breakthrough. Not in you we find life. You are my life. Amen. And it moved to that place. So are you God conscious or what God can do for me conscious? Ask yourself. Be realistic. You know, don't deceive yourself. So number two, when we do things, are we seeking our name to be known or God to be known and exalted? Because this reveals the throne of your heart. Where are you seated? Who is seated there in your throne? Can we give to the kingdom of God in secret or do we need the affirmation? If we cannot, if we cannot allow ourselves not to be known and still give, there is some problem in our heart. Somebody is sitting there in the throne. Me. And that has to be crucified. And that has to be put down. Christ will never live in a throne. There is no such thing called co-sharing. You know, there is a uh, there is something called in, in, in India, we are share auto. Have you seen the share auto? Share auto is like you can have any many seated, three seater, five can sit, eight can sit, but there is no share. God will never do share auto in your, in your throne. It's only him or you. That's it. And this is the thing. Can we do things that we are seeking our name to be known or God alone to be known? You know, the thing is sometimes God will ask you to give. Or to and to be a secret. Why? Because he wants to teach you a lesson that I am your promoter. I am the one who who who, who gonna bring um, a breakthrough in your life. Anyway, the third one. When we get hurt, this is another important question to ask. When we get hurt, are we releasing the one who hurted us, or holding on to the hurt and resentment? If we are holding on to the word and resentment, if Maria was holding the resentment, there is no room for her even to come and share the testimony. You understand? And forgiveness is never a feeling. It's a choice. It's never a feeling. And if you don't, maybe you heard, you, you heard the statement, I've said this many times, if you don't release that person, you end up resembling that person. And many times people say, I will never want to be like this person. What they do, or what they are doing is they'll end up becoming that person. Because bitter people cannot worship God. Bitter people cannot celebrate God. Bitter people cannot be joyful of who they are in Christ. Bitter people always compare their lives with others. Bitter people always ungrateful. And this is the thing. When we get hurt, if we release them, we don't resemble them. Amen? And uh, I heard the statement long time ago. That's what it's good to go and find somebody, talk and share. I'm glad she found a, uh, a, a, a psychologist or, or a counseling, a counseling, and you went and shared and prayed, and it's so beautiful. Why? Because revealing your feeling is the beginning of your healing. You find somebody and you say, "I need to share my heart. I need to open my heart. I need to." And this, this is not to go and share your emotions to some other girl. That's not what I'm talking about. This is different than that. It is going and saying, "You know what? I need." This breakthrough in my life. Last but not the least, this, this is interesting. Who is setting your agenda of your life? 
God, I follow you, or God, I'm going to go this way. Help me not to mess it up. Who is setting your agenda? And we are taught to control. Can I tell you the major things in your life you never controlled? Did you, did you choose your parents? You didn't go to Walmart, life-saving place, and say, okay, I want you, I want you, make me. <laughs> That's going to be awkward. You didn't do that. The most important things in your life, the high color, the, 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 the air color, the color of your skin, the nationality, you didn't even choose. So, this, we are controlling for what? Who is setting your agenda? Is God setting your agenda? And I wrote down here four things. These are four levels. We talked this in, in detail, but because lack of time, I'm just going to go through this. There are four levels of Christians. The, you know, the first one is a believer. They, everybody, you go, go to the streets and you say, do you believe in Jesus? People say, yeah, of course I believe in Jesus. Of course they believe among the 330 million gods. But then the few of them receive it. They say, yeah, I receive it. They'll do the sinner's prayer. They receive it. But are they following? Few of them choose to follow. But then it goes deeper than the followers. It's imitators. Jesus said, you know what? I don't do anything on my own. I just see what my daddy is doing and I do what my daddy is doing. So are you an imitator or are you a follower? The Bible says in John 6, 66, no wonder it's triple six. Many people stopped following Jesus and left him. Many people. Why? Because it became too hard for them. Why it's too hard for them? Because they thought they can go their way and tag along God with them. But God is saying, you know what? There is no way if you are choosing me. I am your way. I am your life. That means your life has to die. My friends, I'm not here to condemn anyone here or to bring any kind of hammer on your head. That's never my intention. But I want to encourage you to say, who is sitting on the throne of your heart? We sang this song, be, be in my singing. You know, if, Is God in your Gangam style singing? Is God in your 50 cents singing? You know, be, you know, there's a, there's a lot of songs. You need to look into your iTunes or whatever, Spotify. Look, I'm not saying you have to take out all the secular songs. I'm not, I don't believe in sacred and secular, but I want you to challenge yourself. Is God in my singing? Is God in my thinking? Is God in my entertainment? What do I watch? You know, what is integrity? Integrity is doing the right thing when no one is watching. We can all be holy here. Why? Because it's a church. Hello? <laughs> But can you be holy at 10 o'clock in the night when no one is there and you have a phone and you have a challenge with the lust? Amen. Who is in your throne? Is God seated on your throne? This instruction should always lead us to the instructor. Why? Because every covenant needs to release us to a place to encounter Him. And every encounter should transform us in the image of his son. My prayer is that, that in 2020, you will not just get this instruction here. This instruction will lead you to the instructor. And the instructor will transform you. Amen. The best compliment that we can ever receive in this world, that people can see Jesus through